0: you're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers join us in our good-humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and hat truths and now from deep in america's
1: heartland this is the elevator's cut Welcome back to another episode of the Elevator's Cut. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler. And I'm your other host, Roger Gaddis. And um, it's almost harvest. It is. Of
0: twenty-one. Sorry, I just made this episode non-evergreen.
1: <laughs> yeah, they and it's already harvest for some, you know, in the in the south and all that. So we thought what better time to talk about it than once it's kind of already started started
0: <laughs> well we're recording when this happens when this gets released who knows
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah it, it'll be instant feedback and telling us how crazy we are but i don't think we're not we are not we are not the type to make uh predictions that we can be held to for exactly yeah. exactly that and that's key to, to life in this business that's that's for sure yeah never make predictions but never document it you know and just just uh when people say hey didn't you say like i i don't think so i think you're misremembering that tweetdelete.net <laughs> so anyway Roger and I this late summer we've been out uh doing meetings again which is fun which since you know of course covid flared back up because we were out doing that or no no no, no causation correlate i don't know um probably something, something flared up <laughs> while we were on the road <laughs> it happens so <laughs> uh anyways we we've been doing a few meetings so we did um uh, early august we did our our big summer conference big you know 60 people or so it's our yeah. it's our uh diet conference if you will our big ones in in january but we do one we did it in sioux falls south dakota where they got really good crops this year right i the whole drive between kansas city and sioux falls was just a blur of green so yes yeah looked real good i thought so yeah i've been i've spent a lot of time traveling around illinois um and and south illinois everybody's just real excited about how good the crop is and everything it's funny like we all know right the crop conditions like everywhere is great except for the western dakotas and stuff mm-hmm. right i mean that's everybody knows that already so you get together you're like hey what, what do you see well you know i think like out, out Western Dakota, is it's like it's like, like a password, like we got to get through. Like everybody already knows this. We're just seeing what you say. See, You're right. See if you say something that we Are you we in know the club? Wrong. I don't know. It's <laughs>
0: great.
1: So, hey, guys, crop's good, except for the spots. Western Dakota. Zone. And spots. You know, it's spotty here and
0: there. Here um, and there, it's
1: spotty. you do not got to go too far, and let me tell you. You
0: know that corner over there and that place over there and that hilltop and that low bottom, which, you know, usually doesn't do as good as the high bottom.
1: Oh that's great so uh good stuff so that's so okay there, there's the recap of our crop tours uh so we we got that out of the way uh but yeah so so we did that one good day and a half or so of uh of meeting with grain elevator folks from all over the country and countries about countries some yeah. of the
0: Canadian folks
1: we had down escape. across the border yeah they uh it was easier to get here than to go back. back to their own country <laughs> so um you know you gotta it's interesting but we don't want to get too far into into those weeds but uh we've got some good perspective so uh, apart from the crop tours that you know are kind of whatever but we we have been talking to a lot of folks across the country and and what they're anticipating and struggles they're going through and, or challenges they're mm-hmm. seeing opportunities they see too some people's challenges, other people opportun- other people's opportunities you know on that
0: point um, I think, I've slept a lot since
1: then, I was trying to remember, you know,
0: 20, a lot of allusions have been made to 2012 when we talk about the 2021 crop year, mainly because of the inversions uh, and high basis that comes along with it, short crop, short carryover. And uh, 12 was, you know, a challenging year for a lot of folks or, you know, it was a decent year if I remember right, money-wise, you know, profit-wise for elevators. But what I do remember was 13 was an even better profitable year. And that was without a return to big carries and, and crop. you know, it was a I think 13 yeah. was a record crop at the time. It was huge. It was. Uh, but you had flat market structure and you still had high basis carrying over from the short year. Great year. I think we're gonna shape up this year, you know, if I'm gonna plant my flag somewhere. I think that's the way the 21 crop year is shaping up is carries aren't great on anything. Uh wheat's kind of poked its head up lately, but that's that's already been harvested uh for the most part. But you know, corn and bean-wise, the, the carries aren't great. Uh, basis is going to be high. A lot of people are coming into this harvest with a bunch of stuff they bought back in the winter and spring, you know, in the first part of the rally. Uh, but I think it's also expected that basis levels later on are going to mimic last year. So if you've got some of those high basis levels and you got even marginally better spreads than, than the disaster that was last year for carrying grain, you know, it's shaping up to be. A good year on those two but i think the bigger point, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today is the buy side getting the stuff bought right and uh you know yeah basis is higher but if it's big crops which in a lot of areas and long as you're not in western dakotas it's in western megakota is that what we're calling it as long as you're not out there it's going to be there's going to be a a, a tax on space this year i think beans and uh, beans and corn too in a lot of places talking with the folks in the southeast of course georgia has been harvesting for a couple of weeks now but Alabama, Tennessee, the Carolinas looking really good. I mean, again, they're not the heart of the corn belt, but uh, they definitely start setting the tone for harvest because they get going for everybody else. Um, So there's going to be, it sounds like in a lot of areas, there's going to be a a premium for space. So the deal is going to be, don't pay too much for the stuff at harvest.
1: Well, and at the beginning, what we're going to see this year is er because of the inverses, space is more empty than it normally is mm-hmm. going into harvest so at the beginning everybody's going to be like i got to fill up my space and and uh, and that's why i see the high bases mm-hmm. and you know i was in um in northern illinois last week and we had a meeting <clears throat> and everybody you know kind of shared their old crop basis you know what's spot bid today versus what my new crop bid is. and cash wise it's a the, I think it averaged about a dollar difference from old crop to new crop. Mm-hmm. Well, at some point, obviously those two become become the same. So they they got to meet somewhere. Convergence. <laughs> it converges. <laughs> the true convergence uh, happens. It has to. So, uh, so yeah, there's there's a dollar. So what happens is, yeah, at some point they're, um, you know usually with empty space and first thing you know everybody wants to get those first bushels so the farmer gets used to coming to them and they just keep coming and then maybe they drop their base on them i don't know or they don't because they're still trying to be competitive and so it's um it's a it's a deal but what, what we know about basis in general is when it starts higher at harvest as lower carries that's not a that's not a great situation for big margins. Big appreciation. Big big yeah. basis appreciation. Yeah. So at, at from harvest bushels. Because mm-hmm. that and that's the bread and butter of the grain elevator businesses by harvest basis because typically it's the lowest of the year. Capture carries, sell it when the basis goes mm-hmm. up. And mm-hmm. that, that's your bread and butter bushel. Obviously there's other bushels you you buy out of storage or out of farm bins or whatever throughout the year. And there's margin to be had on those. But the biggest per bushel margin are gonna be those. Those and this year, you know, it's shaping up to be high basis, low Uh carry. So Uh that's usually not a recipe for for huge margin. But like you said, 2013 people made big money, anyways.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's not possible. And you know, it's right, not possible. (laughs) You know, the I think I said this year's not different than than past years. Uh, Different aspects of it could be, but you know, having a lot of folks have a pretty sizable book of forward contract grain on Uh, for sure corn and i think to a degree beans as well so that's that's going to play a big part um i I think a a huge part and i think in general a lot of the stuff that got bought or contracted in quarter one or two of this year for this fall was at a higher basis level where people are at now or for sure where they want to be at for harvest so i i think there's a lot weighing on you know you've already got of course the bushels aren't in the pit yet, but if they're on paper, if they're bought on contract, that's gonna have something to say with, you know, coming in. And it doesn't take much to get out there and drive around and see what kind of crop you got coming in. And it, it but like you said, it's kind of an endemic thing of what's the, you know, where's that balance between what I need to do to be profitable and what competition's doing and uh whether it's by basis, which is what we're specifically talking about with policies and things like that. And it was interesting. We had an ag lender in our meeting at Sioux Falls a couple of weeks ago, and and he made the comment what, during our policy session. He said, you know, we've uh, it was it was an anecdote he had, but he said, you know, we've sat with a, a, a ownership of a of a grain company and and you know, going over the numbers with them and saying, well, you know, here's you know, it's not so great. What's what's up? And it's like, well, we got this policy where we can only, like, you know charge this much for storage, or we don't limit how much of our percentage of our space is storage, or we bid up to get full or whatever, and, and uh, inevitably, some, one of the ownership members says, ah, we got to do it because the guys across the street are doing it, competitions competition is doing it. We don't know how they're getting away with it, and the lender goes, well, little did he know, we're also, uh, you know, funding these guys, and I can tell you, they're not getting away with it. It's <laughs> not working for them either, and they're thinking the same thing. Well, how's that elevator doing? it's just a feedback loop. Yeah. And I think we see that a lot of times when it comes to, to bids, you know, the easy, the, the easy path to see it in is, is, you know, pushing your bed at harvest or whatever elevators do. Well, everybody else does it too. Will you ever stop and think if you maybe back your bid off, everybody else would do that too? Why, why is it just an up thing? Or if you started charging more for your space, maybe everybody else would too, or maybe, you know, again, it's, it's a thing. No one really wants to be that first step out there, but Times change, man. There's costs come up. Uh, I mean, are the stuff we're seeing now the same as they were 10 or 20 years ago?
1: Right. The, it's funny. I, I rode around with Jeff Reardon, who's been on the on the show a couple times, and he's he's got all these numbers in, in his head, you know. So I'm always I'm always trying to get get a get some of those numbers out of him. And and the big thing, you know, from the elevator level, we talk about. A farmer and origination and oh well you got to cover your costs and these guys don't even know their costs and stuff well mr Grain elevator man you know <laughs> you know your costs either and, and to uh, you know i i bear the blame on that too like i don't i don't realize the overhead costs um can can be as much as they are not that everybody's bad at this or anything but so i was talking to jeff <clears throat> he said the average we work with about 300 elevator company grain companies across the continent mm, there you go and so uh, so anyways the average cost he, he's broken down said a cost per bushel and he talked about this when we had him on but uh a lot of people banks do look at everything in terms of cost per bushel or, or margin per bushel or every and it's all of what you handle well some people handle a ton of direct ship that they don't touch some people Mm -hmm. handle exclusively so it's hard exclusively stuff through the elevator so it's hard to really compare those two things so but the way jeff has broken it down which i think really uh puts everything on level footing is is margin or cost per bushel of space you have so even if you're handling four times what your space is you know it's all bare goes back to that per bushel of space you own and uh, what he found is which is these are kind of mind blowing numbers to me uh 51 cents per bushel of space is the average total cost all in everything in, for for a grain elevator uh not obviously that's average everybody you know there's a mm-hmm. there's a range um and some people it's as cheap as 30 33 cents range um but yeah, you got 51 cents on average cost to cover. So a million bushel elevator has $510,000 of cost to cover before they can ever start making money. And, you know, where I travel around in Illinois and stuff like that, you don't get 51 cents of basis <laughs> improvement in a year, you know, and they, these big corn belt you get it in the South. Sure. You, you can get that mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. from harvest, but that's only on the harvest bushels and right. so on. But um but, you know, it's tight. So how do we how do we cover these costs and how do we um, do this? And so the other part of that is and this has been a big topic in all our meetings we've done this summer is and I'm sure everybody's feeling it is the labor costs. And we like to talk about what the what they're hiring for at Wendy's and stuff, but it it, it affects us all. Like it affects the grain, up, grain business big time, too. And so labor of that 51 cents per bushel of space on average. 50% of that is labor, mm-hmm. total labor, just salaries and, mm-hmm. and hourlies, everything all in uh, 25% of the costs, or sorry, 25 cents That's, per yeah. bushel uh, is, is that cost. And what we know is, it's been going up, right, the cost of stuff. I was talking to a guy in, in Illinois this last week, and he said, you know, two years ago, pre COVID or whatever, you know, he's paying the certain position about $16 an hour. And that was fine. And that's the going rate. And a lot, of, especially in Illinois, but a lot of places, sure, you're you're in the country, but it's not too far from a de- decent sized city where guys can go and get, you know, big warehouse jobs or whatever mm-hmm. uh, other stuff, too. So you got to be a little competitive with that. And <clears throat> he said right now he he got like uh, it's it's about twenty dollars an hour. Uh, for that same and he's having trouble you like everybody else getting actually getting a warm body in it and so he's like is that even enough you know so a 25 percent increase in that cost in two years and if that's half the cost of running a grain elevator and it's going up pretty strong you know how are we covering that and here here we are so so bringing it back full circle Mm -hmm. here we're coming into this harvest where everybody's paying up and we're you know higher basis, lower carries, and what are we doing? And it's funny in that same meeting, you know, we're talking about, okay, yeah, costs are crazy and labor's going up and how are we gonna cover uh, this, that, and the other, um, they're like, what do you kind of remove from that a little bit, we have another conversation, we come back, hey, what's everybody doing on drying rates? Well, obviously they're gonna, a lot of people, there's early premiums, because we're, you know, short crop coming mm-hmm. off, so people are gonna cut earlier, dry, all that stuff. So this big deal for hey me. I'm thinking, Hey, this is great. You know, there's going to be drying revenue this year and that's big because we got a lot of costs to cover and margins going to be tight is what I'm thinking. They're like, well, oh, I heard someone was doing half drying rate and they're doing free <laughs> on this. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, are we in the same thing? So no, the answer is no. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'd say I caution elevators this year. is like, don't give away stuff. And, and somebody in, in the room was like, you know what? If they're, you know, trying to, you know, beat us up on drying rates, you know, forget it. They're just, don't come here then. We're going to get plenty of grain, you know? Well,
0: that's just it. It's which bushels are you going after? Yeah. And 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 that's a tough lesson. That's a tough, like reality to to know I'm going to do something that's going to have trucks go past me. Man, that sucks as a, as a merchant, as a manager of the elevator. You don't want that. But, you also want to, you know, have a long-term career at the elevator too, and and be able to in, in, in invest in improvements and things like that. It, it's um the temptation is there, and typically uh, you see this in in some newer, not all the time, but specifically new new companies or new folks to it, and They want to make a splash, or they want to, you know, put their name out there on record. Well, you can do that. Without giving stuff away, you know it's it's possible. I promise. I've been a part of it. You can, it, can, it can happen. Um, but the temptation is definitely there. Now, in a year where if, if you're in an area like the Western Mega and you don't have a crop and space is going to sit empty, then yeah, yeah, maybe you got to pull out all the stops yeah. and get in there because you know you you know for sure you can make zero margin on zero bushels. You know. So, but if you're in an area where you're going to have a crop, whether you're sitting empty right now or not, but you're going to have a crop and it's going to come off and it's going to be big and you know take advantage of the situation and do what the market's telling you to do I mean because you have you have a limited uh amount of time to have any kind any sort of like meaningful influence over your basis margin potential for the year and it comes at harvest spreads are going to do what they're going to do what's their lackluster this year so basis is you know again you you have little control over that you control when you sell it but you know, what you charge to to realize a return to your space, whether it be in the form of a buy basis or your fees, that is completely within your control. Mm-hmm. Now, it has influences, sure, but, you know, we did a poll, uh, had a, a little live Mentimeter poll at Sioux Falls that, and asked folks, you know, what influences your policies? And the number one choice was profitability. And then, you know, a close second was competition, you know. So uh, obviously, and that's things we all know, but there's a balance there. But I think you kind of got to put your profitability ahead if you're going to do this for any meaningful amount of time. And if you're a business owner, you'd hate to see your own equity be eroded away. If you're a board of uh, a co-op board, you'd hate to see your retained earnings start getting dwindled away. I mean, these are things that are preventable. And then you end up after harvest, like, "Oh, look at all these bushels we had to turn and burn for nothing." It's like, and you lower your basis. Maybe you have less you have to turn and burn for nothing. You know, there's a there's a point there where it makes sense to uh, to, to 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 look out for your 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 uh, return. I think that you're you're responsible for doing as a merchandiser. I think. And yeah. don't hear us as saying we're trying to browbeat the farmer with basis. The market's high. The board is high. Historically, it's still high let the board do the heavy lifting for, for bids. Don't have to let your basis do it. You're gonna be paying, especially if you've got a feed mill or something attached to your elevator, you're gonna be paying out the nose for stuff later on probably. So, you know, load up while you can and then bid accordingly now, because later on it's,
1: it's probably not gonna be as uh, easy on you. Yeah, and and early on in harvest, it's going to a harvest is gonna be a tough deal, right? Because the early bushels we're gonna have higher basis on, but if they're wet, it takes time to dry them down. And can you even capture, you know, if you want to bid mm-hmm, that high mm-hmm. basis, you're going to buy it too high by the time you get it dried to move. Can that you still sell long. that number, right. Yeah. So, so you got to take all that. So these guys, um, the early, like Roger said, to let the bushels go by as hard, but early on in harvest basis is going to be high. And if, if guys aren't going to let you charge them to dry it enough, I mean, because you, you're you're not only going to have to charge them to dry, you know, your obviously costs and, and uh, for that service and everything, but also it's going to have to make up for possibly the basis falling out of bed on you after you buy it. Um, you know, that's that's a real possibility. So, um, just just something to consider. I don't think folks always think about. You get in the rush of it and you just gotta. Hey, what's competition doing? All right, you know, let's try to stay in the in the ballpark with them. And you think, ah, in general, if I'm chart, you know, I make good money off drying, maybe so I'll be okay. But and you know, the the big thing here is that it's not. I think what might be getting glazed
0: over here is that it's not a huge difference we're talking about. We're talking about let's say storage fees between three cents a month and six cents a month. Or something like that yeah yeah it's double the fee right but as far as a, a cents per bushel thing they're talking three cents you know it's like in the grand scheme of things and you know we have all had this conversation with producers you know you're gonna bang me over the head for three cents of oil. we know they will but you know it's like one of those things where like look here's what it is this is what the market conditions are saying my space is worth this year uh or drying fees or whatever it's not going to be a, a a vastly different number or charge or fee. I think it's incremental. But that that still it's it's the we're apprehensive to take those incremental steps. But you do it and set the tone for it, life goes on, I promise you, you can you're gonna still get bushels. And and you know you made the point, Jason, that one of the one of the folks at in the meeting talked about costs over time and related that back to this. What what was kind
1: of the idea there? Yeah, I was gonna say that um the older guy in our meeting been around for forever and uh And there's a lot of there were a lot of other guys that have been around a long time, too, in that room. And we're talking about fees and are are people going to make adjustments this year because, you know, because of the margin environment and stuff. And and some guys and I get the argument of like, hey, our fees are what they are. We're not going to change them every year back and forth because it's just it seems, you know, people need to have a consistent know what we're doing so they don't seem like we're trying to mm-hmm. you know pull the wool over their eyes on in different years and and really messes up but but the uh other guy in the room the old, old, oldest guy there he said let me ask you guys something just to everybody in the room he said um he said 10 years ago does there who has uh the same drying rates as they had 10 years ago and like you know a bunch of these Old, older guys in the room are like, yeah, by God, we're consistent. And that's, <laughs> that's how we do it. You know, we're not we're not taking anybody for anything, and they're taking care of their farmers. And he said, well, he said, now, um, he said, what about the rest of the farmers' uh, inputs and serv- services that they pay for? Is it the same as it was 10 years ago? <laughs> he said, what's their seed cost? What's their, you know, application costs and, and all we're this other fertilizer. stuff? And it was like, you know, all that stuff goes up and changes year to year, mm-hmm. and it's done he said there there you see he said guys we're we're in a service industry, and we're we have a service that we provide, and the costs are going up labor's up twenty five percent in the last two years, and that's half of our cost you know he said well, you know the, i it's something to think it really made everybody think everybody who was like so proud of of that was just kind of like got real quiet there and,
0: well, and you know, the, the other side of that is that not only have, you know, the, the, the costs, uh, the charges stayed the same, they've probably handled more bushels now than they did 10 years ago. So you've got the yeah, same amount, right. same amount you're charging, but you're doing it for, you're doing it for, for more work essentially.
1: Yeah.
0: I well, do I didn't get an MBA, but that seems yeah. not the best business practice for longevity.
1: That's right. And, you know, it's uh, this is one other thing I'll throw in here that was kind of a a bit of an aha for for me, but I'm dumb as probably everybody already gets it. But I'll say it anyway. Um, Travel with Jeff. Right. So we're talking a big thing that comes up when we're talking to people other than COVID and mask debating. um, (laughs) We other than that, uh, we get on on uh talking about inflation how everything's more expensive because you know we talk about this labor so all that but you know i and me i mean being in the business we're in we see corn and beans go seven dollars and then to three dollars and then back to six you know whatever uh so i see the news stuff about commodities and things getting more expensive and it's inflation well, i kind of Shrug that off and like they use corn, right? They say, oh, corn is the base of all the, which is true, you know. And and it's this much, so food prices are going to be. I'm like, you know, it does this every, every so often, and then it goes back down. It's not like it doesn't just stay, you know. So they converge. Yeah, so so when I see this stuff, I'm like, ah, you know. I mean, inflation's a thing. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's not as big a thing as it gets blown out of proportion to be but so kind of i kind of roll my eyes oh you know, lumber's off the charts and steel and yada yada it's it's crazy and and then um, you know the other thing you see in the news is transitory becomes the the buzzword of the day oh it's transitory so it's you know supply chain stuff cuz of covid and once things settle down it'll it'll you know return to normal or whatever that is and so i'm like you know i kind of buy in, i'm like all right well that make that does make sense right it, some people are Corn won't be $8 forever. Trend line things. So I get it. So I'm like, all ah, right, this is this is good. But one thing Jeff said, getting back to the aha moment for me, is Jeff's like, you know, wages, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Once the wage goes up, it never goes back down. And that's, I was like, well, of course, you know. So, and that is, you know, once it goes from $16 an hour to $22 an hour, you can't, uh, once everything settles down, you can't go back to the guy, hey, man, we're going to, Things are settled back in we're putting you back down to 16 or 17 an hour like it's done mm-hmm. like it's there and it's not going away um and that's baked into our so from the grain elevator that's our cost it's gone up and it's not going back down so mm-hmm. if we want to be consistent on our drying rates or fees or whatever we should consistently well <laughs> raise right them yeah. and keep them there yeah you know yes and you know for for the producers listening
0: to this same thing goes for, for, for you, you know, whatever your your living expenses have gone up or, or your salary you pay yourself on the farm, it's, do you wanna give yourself a, a a downgrade later on? I mean, you can obviously use your control, but it's hard to, it's tough to, to go back down to that. So this affects, you know, across the spectrum, um, agriculture and economy in general. But yeah, I mean, once it's up there, it doesn't tend to come back down. Now maybe, the starting level for a new employees a little below that, but it ain't what it, you know. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it
1: just never goes back the other way. That's just not how the world works. Yeah, it's it's baked in now. But anyway, so going back to policies for this fall, I know in other years uh, when we've done these episodes, it's like, hey, you know, we got um, big, you know, low harvest basis and we got big carry. So make sure you're charging enough to capture that, that, you know, as a comparison, to what you could make if people didn't. Mm-hmm. But, well, this year, Roger, Mr. Policy Man, we got a high basis, we got very little carry, so should everybody cut their fees or or what? I mean, so from that, I know no. I know we've been saying why they should raise them, but from that standpoint. Um, no, it comes back to volume,
0: it comes back to, to demand of, of sp- what's, are, are bushels hunting bin space or is bin space hunting bushels? I think for most parts of this country this year, it's going to be bushels are going to be hunting bin space. Well, charge accordingly. You know, what's the higher demand right there? Well, space is a higher demand. Charge accordingly. And, you know, you get these cases, and and I see this happen a lot too, and this happens out west a lot. uh, Not just out west, but I see it happen a lot, is that policies kind of incentivize what you really want, don't really want to happen and disincentives is what you do. So maybe you have policies of really cheap storage rates. And then what happens? You find yourself at wheat harvest bagging a whole bunch of wheat and sticking it out there on the property. Well, i charge two and a half cents of storage, but I had to bag all this wheat. What's it take to bag and unbag? North of 20 cents a bushel is the cost of that and wheat spreads aren't that great to come, to counter that and it's stored anyway you know so it's like you know all of these these alternatives where it's a scramble to to make space or get emergency space or temporary storage or whatever but yeah are your policies driving you to handle more of that for less margin than you could otherwise you know I mean, it is, just yeah. take a look at it and you know one of the the, the, the the lightning light bulb moment for me at, the, at that meeting was the discussion of, you know, changing policies. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But do you enforce the ones you have? Yes. That's a big one. And that's not so much on fees and stuff. It, it certainly can apply, but it's more of like time frames of doing things and, and and how you allow contracts to be dealt with when it comes to rolling or canceling. And just think little things like that. Pricing in um, little bitty things like do you enforce what you already have? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a big thing. I think if people tightened up their policies enforcement that they have inside, whether it's outward facing or inward facing on position limits, or do you try to keep your futures accounts in balance, you try to get more beans sold early so you have more cash to fund your corn that you're carrying further into the year, you know, whatever it is, are you adhering to the stuff you want to do anyway? And, you know, a lot of elders don't have these things wrote down. It's all in the merchant's head or the manager's head, but wouldn't be hurt to put them on paper and look at them every now and then and make sure you're doing what you say you're going to do.
1: Yeah, that's huge. And and really, if you think through your buying policies ahead of time and hey, with with the end in mind of, hey, we got to make sure we're charging appropriately for our space. We got 51 cents of overhead cost per bushel of space. Let's make sure we're we're uh, doing what we can to to protect ourselves and, and all that. And you, you do these policies that maybe they do make a lot of sense or maybe when you think through that, they don't make sense. and You do mm-hmm. need to tweak. And like you said, little changes. To the policy, the people don't even think about. It, you'll never get a complaint about, hardly, and and will make a world of difference mm-hmm. if you do it. But then, if you don't communicate it to whoever is actually, you know, your boots on the ground, that's actually the originator or the bookkeeper that lets them out, you know we have, you know, ten days free to price, and then it's like, well, we'll give them to the end of the month, you know, and basis goes up twenty. If if those people don't understand why you're doing these mm-hmm. these policies. i mean they know what they are but if they don't know why you're doing it then they don't understand why enforcement so right. important and making sure your things. customers know because it's expectation yeah. like you said you the time to change
0: policies is not in the middle of harvest you're right. you're right it's well before harvest with lots of communication to your customers same way you if you were selling an end user you don't want them changing stuff on your
1: midstream that's that's crap like so, discount schedule
0: well you know <laughs> That's another subject, but yes and no. Uh everything's negotiable but you sign the line. Uh but little things like uh okay, we're we're gonna still allow storage, but maybe only on 30% of our space. Or once we have to start going to the pile or bags, then it's all priced across the scale. Whatever it is, you know, it, you can you can it's your business. Do, you can change things. You, it's possible. I promise I've seen people do it. They've been successful at it and they didn't run off all their customers. You're gonna get gripped at no matter what you do anyway, so you might as well get gripped at for something that's constructive, right? This right. guy knows. Yeah.
1: So I will say going back to my fifty-one cents a bushel, we gotta cover high basis, low spreads. There it but you know, I know I paint a maybe a dreary picture, but I, I don't want to be like Roger said, twenty thirteen was a good year in the grain business. So what it means is when we're we're coming out of this transitional thing, first bushels are going to go to places they don't normally go to sometimes Mm -hmm. and there's there's opportunity there to to the merchandiser who's aware and stays on things things are basis is gonna just because maybe it doesn't have as big a range uh for the year doesn't mean it's not going to be more volatile and move around and that's opportunity for you know the elevator side is base trade. so that's how Basis traders in years like this still make good money mm-hmm. and still cover all those higher operating costs. We can do this, and it's it can be a good year. It just takes awareness. Maybe selling to some markets you normally don't don't hit, and it and what it does is it'll open the door to now all of a sudden there's direct ship bushels in those marks you don't normally go to, and there's farm you know you can grow mm-hmm. your customer base. So a lot of good things can happen in years like this. Uh, so i'd say you know stay aware and talk to people talk to a lot of people around talk to other merchandisers around and uh and and stay on top of it and you know, have a good year and have a goal you know
0: the the, the tongue-in-cheek thing with the farmer is that with you know the whole joke of oh how much what price would you sell that oh, as much as i can get you know there's a lot of merchandisers and you ask them well, how much you know what's your mar- mar- margin goal out there oh as much as i can get well that's Great, I guess, but how do you know when to sell and when to buy and where to buy and what to spread? You know, so if you have an idea and it could be a range, okay. I want to make 45 cents a bushel on the corn this year. Okay, that's my goal. How do I achieve this? Well, here's the spreads as they are now. Okay, those pay very little of that. So what else can I do? Well, sell basis ought to get to this level, you know, if it's going to be similar last year. Okay, great. That's where it's at. Now, what do you need to buy it at to make that work? Boom. There's your, it's easy math you got to work at it and maybe it maybe it's easy to do maybe it's not but have a goal in mind you know the and some companies are set up on budgets where they got to do stuff anyway and it, it's just second nature but i don't think that's the case for the majority of the elevator industry um and it's hard to say you know let's let's have a goal out there but i think if you can and this helps make your decisions a lot easier same thing with logistics if you know you're gonna turn and burn you know half a million bushels of harvest just to keep space then hey, you need to sell a half a million bushels for harvest delivery at some point before harvest so you can keep space. It's, it's the same concept, just with margin. You know, do what you can, start with the end in mind. And then the, the Dell Carnegie thing, I didn't know he was a merchandiser. But you know, it, you know, go go with that and, and try to uh, uh, work at it from that angle. Uh, you know, and, and the way the market's shaping up this year in corn and beans again is turn grain into cash sooner than later. That's, that's, that's there's a little more carries in this time of mm-hmm. line not than this time last year, but before we ended up last year. And you know, there's good perspective of of, of carries and corn and stuff deteriorating further once we get after harvest. It's just, that's the nature of a year following a short year. And and not, you know, in this case, a non-record year in a year following a short year. So just have those, you know, keep your head on the swivel type thing, but have an idea that you're generally going to make more margin on earlier sold bushels than later in flatter inverted years,
1: yeah. And I would say don't, you know, set your goals reasonable. Mm-hmm. And in years like this, the temptation is, okay, I paid a little more than, I paid 15 cents more than usual, so I'm gonna expect a 15 cent higher sell basis too. Well, that's usually not the case in years mm-hmm. like this. So make sure you are you got reasonable sell basis goals. And like I said, if, if that margin number isn't great, um, you know, that's what the market is. But, you know, you're gonna have to make it up in other ways And you know, being, a, being an aggressive seller. Years like this, aggressive sellers are rewarded. Mm-hmm. So be aggressive out of the spot market, making sales at, at levels you know is, is a good sell basis. And, uh, and there, there's opportunity, there's yeah. and definitely an, opportunities.
0: And so, again, if you're also an end user yourself, you got a feed mill or something, you, you got a locking carries when you can. And, and quit waiting on the roll and stuff or flat like this. When you, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, flat's better than than zero, than less than zero, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's just the name of the game is being proactive. Just everything you do, be proactive.
1: Yeah, for sure. And
0: then you don't need all that labor around later in the year, right? Then you don't have that problem. There,
1: you, there you
0: go. <laughs> uh, if only if it were that yeah. easy.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's a that's a good. I, I think we're. Um, we're out of time for today, but I appreciate everyone tuning in and uh, apologize that we're getting uh, bottlenecked on the production side of this thing. And between Roger and I being on the road and- and um, Whatever Randy's doing. And Randy being off the reservation uh, <laughs> all the time. Um, he's, uh, anyways, we we haven't been releasing a bunch lately, but we got some in the queue. Uh, so hopefully we'll get those, get those out. Unqueued. And- Yeah, we'll see if any of them are worth worth releasing. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, all right. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Later. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business.
0: And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. And for Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevator's Cut. Oh.